This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we learn how professional services can provide a start-to-finish journey from on-prem to a multi-cloud deployment. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and today we're going to talk about multi-cloud. And if you don't know what multi-cloud is, that's okay. We're going to we're going to cover that for you. So um, to do that, I've invited a few guests. Uh, first of all, uh, the person that has kind of spawned this podcast and organization, um, Beth Philemon is here. Hi, Beth. What do you do at NetApp and how do we reach you? Hey, Justin. I am so stoked to be on today. Um, I am actually an intern in professional services and avid Tech on Tap uh, podcast listener. So, so happy to be here and talking with you guys about this awesome service. And you can reach me via email at BethP at NetApp, or I am also on Twitter at BA Philemon as well. So you're an intern. Uh, We can't do this anymore. This has got to stop. Oh, oh, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This was, kidding. was, this totally was going to be welcome. on my resume. My total, re- you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll allow it. Um, also here today with us, uh, Mike Mitchell. Hi. So I am on the innovation team in NetApp Services. So we are responsible for uh, coming up with new service offerings that take advantage of solutions like the data fabric. I've been at NetApp for 165 months. And I can be reached at Michael9 at netapp.com. I find it interesting that you broke it down into months. Are you like basically locked in a cell and you're marking on the on the wall with like chalk the number of months? It's actually here? a rock that I it's use to uh, uh, on my on my wall. Yes. Yeah, we we don't remove the chain until like year six, so uh, okay. you got a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, also here today, Glenn Steinhandler. Hi, Glenn. What do you do? How do we reach you? Afternoon, Justin. Uh, I'm with uh, Nana Professional Services. I'm a service account executive uh, supporting uh, life sciences and some of the other uh, enterprise districts. And uh, you can reach me at glenn.steinhandler at netapp.com. So it's interesting, your last name there. I mean, basically, that says you're a bartender. Is that, is that the case? No, actually, it was just I was I was in charge of most of the alcohol. That was a great college name because uh, immediately they put me in charge of a social director, <laughs> various other activities. So, you know, I said the purpose. That's yeah, good. No Are... idea how appropriate that I... it still is in today's yeah. role. Hey. <laughs> so much so. Well, yes. I mean, you know, to get through the months, we have to we have to do that sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, guess. I was just going to say I've been here uh, to his. I've been 42. So if you're a hitchhiker guy to the Galaxy fan, lucky number 42. I've been here 42. Months. There you go. It's the answer to everything. Um, all right. So, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about multi-cloud today. And, you know, that, ter- that term gets kind of thrown around a bit. Um, and sometimes people hear it and they're like, what does that mean, dude? Seriously. Because uh, it sounds very markety. Um, but there's a meaning behind it. So, uh, Glenn, if you could kind of give us the meaning. Actually, no, let's, let's, let's revise. Let's put the intern on the spot. I love it. I intern, love it. Intern. No. What would, <laughs> what's multi-cloud? What is multi-cloud? Yeah. And like I said, this is one of the first services that I really learned about at NetApp. Um, And I think very pictorially, right? So there's different 
clouds of where we're keeping our data and you just kind of get to look at it and and point to which one you like better and that's where your data wants to go right it's just that simple is is that correct glenn I would say it's very, very good, very, very uh, sweet and to the point. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I can dig down deeper, but no, that's, that's my thousand foot view. That's the simplicity aspect we're looking for here at NetApp. Um, so as far as you know, multi-cloud goes, we are traditionally dealing with NetApp as an on-prem storage provider. And that's kind of been our wheelhouse for a while. And now we're moving more and more into a cloud service provider, not, not service provider, but cloud data services uh, company. So, Glenn, you know, what do you tell customers that are currently leveraging on-prem and are asking about the cloud, how they can get there, as well as the advantages of having you know, multi-cloud as well as hybrid cloud approaches? Yeah, well, usually I'm engaged with when I'm talking to the clients. Again, similar to, to Beth's uh, boiling it down is, listen, our data fabric is ingrained across all our product, our product and solutions. And it's our ability to say when and where do you want your data and how do you need it? Uh, to ensure they can get it there through whatever uh, hyperscaler uh, platform they require, uh, whether it be NAS file, whatever, uh, to ensure that you know they're successful in you know whatever it is driving uh, adoption of their solution, uh, ensuring the um, the availability of that data or whatever else that may apply to drive their business to success. So, Mike, earlier I picked up on something you said about data fabric and how that's a service. Um, and, you know, oftentimes people mistake data fabric as being this thing they can buy a product. So, yes. and, and, and honestly, like what you guys are kind of doing is productizing that data fabric concept. But let's, before we get there, let's talk about data fabric. What is that and why is it a service as opposed to a, a thing you can just buy? You mean you can't buy a data fabric? I mean, I tried. I'm pretty it, it sure I've work. got a box here. By yard or what is it? <laughs> usually ordered by the pound. It's just a box. Yeah. Of, it's just a box of yarn. Yeah, data fabric is the idea that your data should be able to move wherever it is most appropriate and most affordable run at any given time, and we understand that that changes quite often. So it's this idea that you've got a fabric for your data to move around uh, and live where it is most optimal at that particular time. Uh, and we build on that with the multi-cloud acceleration service. Um, since you you mentioned data fabric is really more of an idea, uh, and the multi-cloud acceleration service is what takes that idea from a concept into actual deployment, uh, where we move not just data but entire workloads into the cloud or multiple clouds. So that's data and compute resources. As far as customers go, I mean. They see going to cloud as, as this daunting challenge. And, you know, what sort of challenges are they having getting there? And what sort of problems are they trying to solve by going to cloud? So every single IT professional out there today is somewhere on their own personal cloud journey. Every single one of them. There isn't anyone who's not impacted by cloud. Uh, and some are much further along in that cloud journey. They're very comfortable with the idea of public cloud, of putting critical workloads on there. Uh, they have a very cloud-first mentality. And there's other IT professionals who are really kind of getting dragged into the cloud, whether they like it or not. They're just not necessarily comfortable with the idea of their, their data, their resources, their applications being out of control. Um, wherever they are on their own personal cloud journey, they're all facing 
the same challenges though. A, a big challenge is cost control. Uh, so they may be moving to the cloud to get out of that cop, CapEx basis where they're spending increasingly large amounts of money to maintain data centers and the equipments in that data center. But it works both ways. They're also worried about what it's gonna cost to go into the cloud and how they control that cloud cost. Uh, and they're worried about when they do move workloads into the cloud, they wanna make sure they're just as accessible, they're just as secure and just as reliable as when they are in their own data center. Uh, they really need to avoid business disruption uh, during their cloud journey. And that's really what the multi-cloud acceleration service is all about. So one of the common things I've heard from people who go to the cloud, and I've actually seen as I've played with the cloud myself, is the cost, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes you don't notice that the cost is going to be uh, you know, greater. You get sticker shock. Um, and in the cost being greater in terms of what you're paying right now versus the, the prorated amount that you'd have to pay with leasing and doing on-prem hardware. So how do you make customers feel better about that upfront cost that they're seeing versus the cost it would take over the course of time? So cost uh, and optimizing cost is a, is a really large component of the multi-cloud acceleration service. So this is a, uh, you know, a four-phased solution where we do the discovery and assessment first before we get into design, implementation, and then validation. But it's that discovery and assessment where we spend, that's really where uh, a lot of the significant value comes. Uh, we spend a lot of time um, using our technology, using cloud insights and the analytics that we get out of that to analyze the customer's on-prem environment. Uh, and we're pretty good at looking at all of the data that's on-prem uh, and being able to say, this is the performance levels and the capacities that are needed if you're going to migrate this into the cloud. Uh, and here's how you should right-size it so you're not overspending when you do move that into the cloud. Uh, and that's not particularly shocking. We're a data management company. We've been around for a long time and people expect us to do that. What people are a little more surprised about when we do this service is we take all of the intelligence we can gather with Cloud Insights and, uh, and we do the exact same thing for their compute environment. So let's say that's a VMware estate with thousands of VMs. We'll run those same analytics and we'll map out every VM in their environment uh, what it's actually using from a performance capacity perspective compared to what it's actually configured at. If it's over-provisioned on-prem, it's really not a big deal. You've already got the hardware on-prem. It's already going. If you're over-provisioned in the cloud, you're paying that cost for absolutely no reason if it's not going to be, it's going to be idle for that type of performance. So, we'll come up with a map of every single VM that's a target to move into the cloud and what the actual compute size or instance size should be uh, when that gets migrated into the cloud. So that's, there's two huge advantages there. First of all, you're saving a lot of money versus just moving in, let's say you've got a server that has 32 gig of memory uh, and you know eight cores. If it's not using that, you're saving a lot of money by right-sizing that or optimizing it into a lower instance size. But almost more importantly, it gives customers a very clear view of what that cost is actually going to be to move into the cloud. So they don't get that sticker shock uh, the first month in after migrating. 
So let's say they get the sticker shock and, you know, your explanations of why that's happening are just untenable and they want to go back. They're, they're afraid. Once you go to the cloud, you can never go back. Right. No, yeah, it's the Rose Hotel. <laughs> the Hotel California. Yeah, that's right. No, that, it's, a great, um, it's a great question. It's a great point. Um, so despite all of that analysis that was done, or, or maybe because that wasn't done, uh, exactly. there's that sticker shock. Um, and it's just not uh, what they decide they want to do. That's really where the data fabric comes into play uh, in the whole multi-cloud aspect of this is you're not locking yourself into a single hyperscaler, a single cloud environment, a single operating model. So if you move workloads, so data and compute into a particular hyperscaler and you decide it doesn't work, work out, it's just as easy to reverse those back on-prem. Uh, and that gives you a huge amount of flexibility in how you run your infrastructure and avoiding locking yourself into those long-term costs. You've talked about this stuff that you guys do to kind of analyze the, the customer's environment and to you know help them understand how moving to the cloud will help them or maybe not help them. Um, that sounds a lot like the service design workshop. Is this kind of like a, a jump off from that or is it incorporating the same things I mean, or is it an entirely different thing? Now, this is very closely related to our service design workshops or our data fabric uh, design workshops. Uh, so the, the design and assessment uh, is literally the same analysis and modules we will do as part of those service design workshops. What's different here is we're going to take all of that significant intelligence that we get out of those assessments and then take it into the, you know, we're professional services. We're going to take it into the design and implementation phase. So we'll take all that data uh, and we'll work to help identify what makes the most sense to move to the cloud and how should it look. Um, and we'll design out a data fabric solution that accompanies that. So that could be cloud volumes on tap. It could be Azure NetApp files. It could be cloud volume service. Uh, but it'll be some sort of endpoint for the data. Um, some customers are only concerned right now about moving data, but what we hear a lot from the field is, um, you know, a great example is we hear uh, customers who have tried out cloud volumes on tap and they've really bought into the, the premise of it. It says it really checks all of our boxes for data portability, uh, data affordability in the cloud, but our data doesn't live in a silo. Uh, we have workloads that are very closely tied or compute resources very closely tied to this data. Uh, in some of the original situations where this is actually why we came up with this service, it was customers who had, they had to get out of a data center. So they were looking to replatform existing workloads into the cloud and CVO fit the bill for the data, but they had a lot of uh, iSCSI or fiber channel attached LUNs uh, and they needed to move the VMs associated with those over. Um, other customers might have NAS workloads whose data is very closely tied to servers that are doing analytics on that. So the idea here is we can move the entire workload. So we'll design a solution that has the data component, something like cloud volumes on tap, and then if needed, the compute migration component. Uh, so we're actually moving VMware VMs at the same time, coordinated with the data uh, into a cloud of the, it could be Google, it could be Azure, it could be AWS. 
And we're using the Hyperscaler's native compute migration engines to accomplish that. So really at the end of the day, we're taking all of that significant migration expertise we already have from doing data migrations for over 20 years and extending that to the entire workload. So as far as the underlying technology, the bits, like how, how do we get a LUN over from an on-prem system to a cloud system? I mean, are we snap mirroring that? Are we able to leverage something like foreign LUN import? How is that happening? So that's the beauty of this technology is just how easy it makes uh, to accomplish that sort of scenario. Uh, so let's let's say we're using cloud volumes on tap. Uh, it's simply a snap mirror of that data from their on-prem controllers into cloud volumes on tap. So it's a proven technology. We've got all of those efficiencies when we're doing the transfers uh, and it's as smooth as we would be from an on-prem to an on-prem snap mirror. What's interesting here though, is we've had that scenario, but the data sets or the volumes were so large uh, that the issue was really, well, it's gonna take us three months to baseline this across our express route or our direct connect or whatever our connection to the cloud environment was. So something that we have that goes along with the service we call bulk migration. Uh, and we actually use the hyperscalers physical devices so a AWS Snowball or a um, Azure Databox. And we will use those physical devices, kind of like SneakerNet, uh, and we can seed very large volumes. Um, instead of waiting for that data to seed across the network, we will use our SnapMirror copy to cloud technology to seed that to a physical device, have that transported into the cloud, the hyperscaler's data center. And uh, then once that's initialize there, we simply resync with a common snapshot. So we have some cool tricks to get data quickly and easily into the cloud. When it comes to the compute side of things, uh, there's a lot of different tools out there. Uh, and through a lot of research we've done and testing, uh, the, the simplest solution is off, often the best solution. And we found that the native hyperscaler compute engines, uh, compute migration engines, worked uh, the best. So for instance, in Azure, we're using Azure Migrate, which is based on the Azure Site Recovery technology to migrate uh, entire VMs in as a native Azure compute instance. Uh, and the cool thing is we coordinate that migration, the data and the compute, so they get cut over at the same time. Uh, and it's like nothing ever happened after cutover. So with that use case where you're doing the seeding to a hardware device, I would imagine that also helps reduce cost for the ingress, right? So you're basically not charged as much money to like move a bunch of data to a cloud instance, and you're also doing it in a way that's going to be much faster than waiting for weeks and weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a cost savings depending on uh, how we're getting it into a particular region and if there's, there's costs associated with that. Uh, but it's primarily, it's a... Uh, it just significantly reduces the uh, the time frame. So whether it's such a large data set that it would just take too long to initialize over the network, or there's deadlines. So we have customers who said, look, this, this data center, it's shutting down in eight months or nine months, and we've got to move all these workloads over. We're not going to refactor them or rebuild applications. We just need to essentially lift it and shift it. And having options like that bulk data migration helps to do that quickly 
and meet those timelines or those goals. So Mike, if I'm a customer, I'm, I'm looking at this deployment and I'm like thinking, you know, how reliable is this? Can I guarantee that things are going to be there like they were on the on-prem side? How do, how do I make sure that the, the data is identical? How do I make sure that it's going to work for my business use case? One of the great things about this solution is we're using proven migration solutions like SnapMirror, uh, but we've also got options to use things like CloudSync or XCP. Uh, and then we've got on the compute side, migration engines that have also similar, similarly proven experience. But when we do cutovers, this is really no different than when NetApp would do a cutover of data from an old system to a new on-prem or maybe one data center to the other, nothing happens to that original data. So the risk factor here is very low. Uh, we'll do a cutover and then we do all of that very detailed validation. Uh, and it's it's not just is the data there and are the checksums the same between the cloud copy of the data and the on-prem copy of the data. Because often today we're looking at entire workloads. So it's also making sure any associated compute resources uh, are are there and are are functioning as needed. So there's a lot of validation work that is planned and happens at a cutover. Uh, and if something doesn't look right, you simply shut down those instances and restart the original instances, and it's like nothing ever happened. So it's very low risk, and you've still got those uh, those incremental checkpoints. So you go back and you you resolve whatever that issue is, and then you simply cut over again. Uh, so the the risk of business disruption to the customer is extremely uh, small for this type of service. So the other question that will probably get asked is how secure is it? Like how can we guarantee security in the cloud? Because that's that's top of mind for a lot of customers, especially with the things that go on today with ransomware attacks and you know breaches. So what sort of security can we say that we offer in our cloud solutions? So security is a huge concern uh, in the cloud. And it's one of the key reasons people look at something like cloud volumes on tap, where um, when it comes to cloud, you know, Compute is almost disposable. They, they want to spin up compute resources and use it while they need it, and then just throw it away. They almost don't care about it. Data is exactly the opposite. There's nothing more important to your organization than its, than its data. And if you're going to put that in the cloud, wrapping it into something like Cloud Volumes on tap, where you've got a uh, extracted layer that you're you're holding your data in, and you've got things like volume encryption, um, an encryption of the actual EBS volumes or the the Azure drives. Um, so we have this additional layer of encryption, uh, and then we have technologies like SnapMirror um, using encrypted SnapMirror uh, across the network uh, to ensure this data is secure. When it comes to bulk migration that's an even bigger concern with security because you're putting your data on this physical device. So all of the devices we're using from the hyperscaler uh, follow FIPS 140-2 or similar uh, encryption standards. Uh, and typically you have to unlock these devices and when you're done, they're locked again and the encryption key just doesn't exist on the box should it get lost, intercepted, stolen, etc. A really interesting thing we did at NetApp for this service and specifically with the bulk migration component is 
we qualified that component on the gov clouds first. So aws.gov and the Azure Gov region, which have much stricter security requirements. Uh, so it was nice right out of the bat with this service. Uh, we had certified them on the, the much more secure cloud regions. Uh, and that gave us a lot more confidence going into the commercial regions that if everything passed muster in the gov regions, uh, then it's definitely going to pass the security requirements of what customers are looking for in commercial regions. So is this service, you know, is it something that I have to buy as a whole package or can I buy like little bits and pieces of it? Or, you know, is it something I can get as like a proof of concept just to see if I want to do it to begin with? Great question. Uh, you know, just like we talked about how every IT professional out there is on their own personal cloud journey, and it's vastly different ideas and experiences with that, a cloud migration is going to look different to every single organization, every single IT administrator out there. So this service was designed to be very modular to accommodate that. Uh, so there's a base service or a base module with the multi-cloud acceleration service that covers the, uh, the assessment, that Cloud Insights-based assessment, and the design workshop and that discovery. Uh, and that's, that is required. Um, the assessment that we get out of that is so important for defining what needs to move to the cloud or what makes the most sense to move to the cloud um, is we'll always do that. Uh, and then as part of that base service, we'll do a data fabric design, maybe to a single CVO instance and a basic migration to kind of prove it out. So you can use that base service as a proof of concept, just do a very small migration into a single region or a single instance of CVO. But then it's very extensible from that. You can add on after that base uh, additional uh, storage migration capacity. So if you've got 500 terabytes to move or a petabyte to move, that's very easy to scale this service for a particular amount of data. And if you are moving workloads, then we can add on the compute migration portion of this where we're doing the migrations from say VMware to Azure native instances. Uh, and you can keep on extending those if you've got a hundred VMs to move or a thousands uh, it's it's very modular to add that on. Um, finally, the, the whole name of the service is multi-cloud acceleration service. And what we see almost exclusively in the field is no organization is going with a single cloud solution, a single cloud provider. They're using multiple regions at the very least. In many cases, they're using different hyperscalers uh, to spread out the risk, to spread out that load, and to give them the most flexibility. So we allow the ability to keep on adding in additional targets. Uh, so that could be additional CVO targets or different cloud hyperscaler uh, environments or different regions. So you can go from a proof of concept with this service all the way up to a complete data center evacuation where you're going to replatform every single workload in your data center into the cloud. So Glenn, do we have any customers today that have leveraged this? And if so, what sort of examples can you give of how they've leveraged it? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, from uh, from my area, uh, I got engaged uh, with uh, one of our very uh, large uh, life sciences companies, which has a, you know a diverse heterogeneous environment, uh, very you know over multiple countries, you know multiple regions. 
and they had been working with CVO uh, as a proof of concept. Uh, we'd work with them closely as an account team. And then a very, uh, <laughs> a very critical uh, requirement came up for them to examine movement of workloads across their environment uh, as part of a divestiture activity um, and putting together a, a new organization. And they needed to quickly uh, determine how they would leverage CVO. They already had a, as it, they had, uh, from a heterogeneous environment they had, they had a, a large amount of NetApp, but still needed to understand how they would uh, set up a very um, robust CVO uh, a, a solution across uh, multiple geos leveraging multiple cloud providers, uh, both Azure and AWS. So um, we quickly got engaged, um, put together uh, based on what the offering was, what they would need, um, held a, um, a two-day, uh, would be essentially a service design cloud design discussion to review how we would put together that fabric and then quickly uh, engage to deploy that over um, a series of uh, a couple of weeks to help stand up uh, across, as I said, multiple geos. It was in uh, North America, MIA, and uh, APAC. Uh, and uh, we've been uh, quite successful in helping get to that point. And uh, they're very happy with the technology, happy with the solution, happy with the design. And uh, and now we're um, different from maybe some of the standard in, uh, the standard uh, approaches. We're now talking uh, about the uh, migration approach uh, on how they're going to move those workloads um, in and out of multiple different uh, operating companies uh, and uh, ensure that they have uh, continuity of operation you know, across the globe. So if I'm a customer and I hear this, I mean, how, what do I do to kind of get this ball the rolling, right? How do I get the process started? How do I get more information? I can take that. Go for First it. First and foremost, I think, I mean, you know, it's a conversation in reaching out, uh, reaching out to us in professional services. If you're currently working with uh, a, a NetApp account manager, reaching out to them and engaging with PS through that way or, or reaching out to our team directly to begin to figure out exactly what Mike was saying and is that planning and assessment and determining what are your goals uh, in how you are currently in the cloud or wanting to go to the cloud to then figure out next steps and assess that data beyond that. And, and Glenn, I mean, I'm sure you can even attest to this more, but that's that's the first step, right? Is, is reaching out to us directly or to the account team that you're currently engaging with. I would agree. Yeah. Working with your account team, we, we work closely, uh, myself as a service account uh, executive, works closely with each account team uh, and they bring us in quickly to help uh, move this along and then get guys like Mike uh, quickly engaged. Uh, we have a teams of folks who are uh, more than capable and uh, ready to be engaged to uh, help uh, organizations uh, move to the cloud uh, and implement data fabric uh, to get there as quickly as possible. Because that's what Mike was saying too, right? Like it's the customization that this service also has and and the fact that we do engage with you so quickly to make it particular to fit your needs. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, you know, we, we are ultimately flexible in professional services. We do have standard offerings just to quickly help uh, you know, no, we have the, you know, the standard uh, where we can quickly get uh, organizations up to speed soup to nuts to move them, but if as necessary, we can customize and build upon, as Mike had indicated, for these building blocks, which are easily uh, implemented. And we have a clear road roadmap on how you get from point A to point B if there's initial, you know, initial consumption, and then we need to move forward on how we uh, implement and support the rest. 
we, we can do any of all. That's way better than my answer. I was just going to ask everyone to contact Beth if they are interested in the service. <laughs> but I think it, you know, it, it lends itself back to the opening, uh, the opening question that you asked me, Justin, is like, what what does this mean going to the cloud, multi-cloud? And you know, I said, well, you look at the clouds and see which one you want to go to and, and pick to it. I think several important points here too is the role that professional services continues to play within the NetApp data fabric story and journey is that as we really do literally look oh, so corny, but we're looking up to the sky, you know, and the possibilities are endless. And that's what's really cool about being in PS and engaging PS in things like a multi-cloud acceleration um, possibility, because we can help you figure out where and why you need your data, whether on-prem or in the cloud, how to get there quickly and most cost efficiently. Um, I, I liken this to like, um, to HelloFresh, if you will, right? So um, we can, uh, professional services can be where like you want to make a meal and we give you the, the uh, recipe and the ingredients and how to do it. Or you can also go and like have a meal made for you. And this is an opportunity to be able to like have that meal made for you and, uh, and tell them what you like and how much you want to spend and, and ultimately get there because going to the cloud is so much more expensive than even I uh, have realized in the last couple of years learning more about this as well. And this service uh, really circumvents a lot of that nervousness about cost. I would like HelloFresh so much better if they would cut up the vegetables for you before they send Oh them. my goodness. <laughs> I hate that so much. That's oh, what Mike prepared. does. That's, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. I was just worried that your HelloFresh reference was going to imply that we were going to put professional services consultants in boxes. And, and then you uh, can chop them up. <laughs> <laughs> and chop them up for Justin. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if reference. only we could keep uh, professional services and especially, you know, people like Glenn in a box, that would, that would really be special. Okay. <laughs> Don't quite know how to take that, but I no. the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Box up it out from the uh, HelloFresh perspective. I know. I, I took it downhill from there. No, but <laughs> I think, I think that's, what's really cool about this is, um, we can, I mean, I don't know, Justin, how much, again, how much people know about this, but professional services is really leveraging beyond just coming in and, and dealing with your on-prem solutions. But this is a prime example of how we are expanding our offerings to help our customers and our, and our accounts um, really leverage the most out of data fabric. I'll leave you with a quote we often use when talking about the data fabric in general, but particularly the service. And it's a quote from Paul Meritz when he was the CEO of VMware. And that's that was a good 10 years ago. Uh, so he was really forward thinking, but the quotes really stood the test of time. And he said, cloud is about how you do computing, not where you do computing. And the NetApp data fabric puts us in the unique position of being the how to do cloud computing, not the where. And this multi-cloud acceleration service, simply put, ensures that how is successful. Any closing thoughts, Glenn or Beth? I mean, I think that quote leverages it right there, why, why I brought Mike on here and uh, why I just stay quiet for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the understatement of this call. Yes. Um, 
Uh, no, I would I would just say uh, easiest thing I could say is get your professional services folks uh, from NetApp engaged early and often. We can uh, again help accelerate that implementation of data fabric and and help uh, ensuring your success uh, from your business perspective uh, in, in your journey to the cloud. All right, uh, and if I want to find more information, is there any link I can go to? Yeah, your best one stop shop for everything data fabric is cloud. .netapp.com. All right, Beth, Glenn, uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. Mike, if we wanted to contact you, how would we do that? You can reach me via email at michael9 at netapp.com. And Beth. Yeah, thanks again for having us, Justin. Again, you can reach me at email, particularly if you are not sure which person to reach out to, bethp at netapp.com or on Twitter, B.A. Philemon. All right. And uh, Glenn doesn't want to give his contact information out. I'm going to defer. <laughs> just, just contact Beth and she'll get a hold of me. That's how. Yeah, That's right. absolutely. <laughs> Reach out to me and I'll connect you with, uh, with who you need to know. All right. Excellent. All right. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Beth Philemon, Glenn Steinhandler, and Mike Mitchell for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.